You're listening to the Gen Zen Broadcasting System. You're listening to 40 Something Podcast, Valley in the Vid. Now, here are your hosts, Silicon Steve Valley and the Vig. 40 Something Podcast with Valley and the Vig. And Vig, you were just talking about how cryptocurrency, before we really get into all the stuff this week, cryptocurrency still is not really in the mainstream yet. And sure. And my question to you is, isn't that our, to people like our advantage because there's more for us that way, isn't it? Yeah, but so it's two-pronged or two-fold, you know, this like little phenomenon that's going on right now. First of all, you, you would have the people that are totally on board. They're the early adopters of this. They are filling up their bags right now. And then you have a majority of the mainstream run-of-the-mill people like I kept bringing, I brought it up in pre-production about these auto parts store that I'm currently doing a gig at. They just think that that you're going to lose all your money. It's going to zero. That's a complete ripoff. And even on top of that, what brought up that conversation is that one of the guy has like 10,000 Shiba Uno, you know, the, which is another meme coin that's slightly like Dogecoin. So then you have people that are like, oh, I'm going to retire in three to five years. Cause I'm just buying all this Dogecoin. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I look a lot fatter than I should. I'm only 237 for the record. But anyways, anyways, no, I do, but I just think it's, there is, I want to, before we really get into what we're going to get into, I just think it's interesting trend for those of us who are paying attention and understanding things, and not just with cryptocurrency, with life in general, it seems like a lot of people aren't paying attention to the real important things that are happening. And if you're paying attention, you're going to have an opportunity to be really, really, if if your mindset also includes action, you're going to have an opportunity to have some really great waters ahead of you. That would be nice, smooth sailing to some happiness. I don't know if that's a good enough reference, but at the end of the day, folks, Paying attention to things is very, very, very important. And if you're not paying attention to crypto, you're going to miss a big boat. It doesn't happen too often. Am I right, Ben? I, I think we're at one of those pivotal changes in uh, you know going from where we were previously with just the you know just the internet and the app economy, where this is now going to be even more the next that digital transformation. So these have happened at certain times in human human existence really you know you can go back to when the internet launched and even before that when really television launched and then you have the electricity and then we go back to the railroads and then we go back to steam you know and then we just even go back to the printing press these are like this is going to be one of those formidable changes in human existence right that's going to usher in a whole new um basically class of, of, of living really, and, or how you will make your living then. And the things that you'll do and the, the fact that the actual average human will have more to say over what they control as far as their finances. And that is not being done right now. And what you can see what's going on right now is that the system is flawed. 
Why is this system flawed? Here's the system's not flawed. This system works fine. Then why do we keep printing all this money? It's not working fine. It hasn't. This this particular economic structure hasn't worked fine in many years. That's because we right. see the middle class being completely eroded. Am I wrong? Yes, yeah, so that's very much happening. Like we go back to the housing. Basically, I call it a housing crisis, depending on what side you're on. And it could be very lucrative for you right now, especially, you know, right. So, uh, you know, so that's a prime example of how it's just, you know, we see this uh, eroding going on and like the eroding of the middle class, where there's just like basically two classes, the rich and the poor. Uh, and I think that'll change. You're going to see, yeah, you know, honestly, we, we've been ragging on Dogecoin this whole time, but I, I honestly, could see that still going when things do come back around people are going to get involved with that again it's going to just be like the poker coin really where people will just gamble on it like they would and based on how high it could go if it goes back up to 70 cents well it's 18 now if you bought 30,000 of those right now and it goes up to 70 cents well there you go and that's what i think people are planning on with this shiba unu and some of these coins but there, there's they don't, they don't, that just goes to show you that there's people that are in this, involved in this, and they have no idea what's going on. They're just like doing it to try to like make, make that quick buck. And that's why we're suffering right now, because a lot of those people are, those are those weak hands that are just like, oh, okay, well, this isn't working for me anymore. I'm just getting out of it. This is a scam. Especially when they see the stock market doing what it's doing. The stock market has been very strong overall, really the last couple of months, so. Because everything's opening up. People are spending their money in the economy. And like I said before, I, I was not would not be surprised. I said this when I did a solo cryptocurrency currency show. Well, I touched on cryptocurrency about other things. But uh, I said that I could see Bitcoin getting down to 25 grand. And I said that about a month and a half ago. And you see a lot of experts saying that that's where it might be headed right now. 25, people said 28, 25, someone said 23. So yeah, it's going to, but there's... If anyone is doubting the reality of cryptocurrency, just do research on how much, how many billions and billions and billions of dollars are being invested for the infrastructure for cryptocurrency. We're talking big businesses. We're talking governments. We're talking billionaires. Why are these rich motherfuckers with all the goddamn money spending money on cryptocurrency if it's going away? No, this is a reaction for people who don't know something and they don't want to admit they don't know about it, so they shit on it. It's been a plague of humanity throughout our time. Orville, Orville, Red, Orville and Redenbacher Wright. Is that their names? Orville and Redenbacher Wright? Anyway, the Wright brothers. Okay, yes. I, I was getting it mixed up with the popcorn guy, too. Yeah, one of them is Orville, whatever. They were scoffed at. They were laughed at. But they didn't give up. They had a dream. They weren't even that educated. They were, and, and it didn't matter to them because they knew what was coming about. And I think that's what a lot of us are feeling right now with cryptocurrency. It doesn't matter if you scoff at it. It's just going to be more of an I told you so moment when things are popping. And also, you got to worry about your why. If you're getting and buying Dogecoin because you're just going to make some money, and that's what we're doing it for. We used to make money. But if you don't understand the why of what you're investing in, it's hard to really have a lot of true, tangible investment in there other than just money. 
And that's not ever just a good reason. So Ethereum, Bitcoin, all these things are trying to change the world. And I think that's a big part of what makes cryptocurrency so exciting. Get used to it. It's an excellent time to get involved. Probably the opportunity of a lifetime to get involved with Ethereum. So that's the one I have the most. Have good. Because it's probably it's probably get a little cheaper, but I, I actually didn't think it was gonna get back down to eighteen hundred once it did it before back in the end of May. Now it's doing it again. It's a very unpredictable market. Even the people that are really on top of shit, or they have no idea what, where to, where to call this. And there's this one guy's like, yeah, three to six months. And I'm almost, I'm on par with that. There's a lot of news that dropped this week. A lot of news about even, even Cordano even got made some news a couple of places too. Right. So they switched another layer of their network on another layer. They, uh, Moved over to a, they have their network rollout is 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 uh, eminent. Well, yeah, but it's like so it's denoted in layers uh, in their colors. So they're now they're going from their initial their initial color I think it was black to like to white now, and then it'll be purple, and then then they'll be live officially. The main that should be up in September, and that is it's really good, but it's not. It's not helping the price in the short term because nothing is going to help these prices uh, in the near near term. You have combination of effects going on here where uh, the the weak hands are just over it and they're out. It's like okay, this I'm not going to get rich quick here at all. And then you have people even like with Cardano that were thinking that Cardano by July 17th would probably be in the two to three dollar range, and it's not. They're just like out of it. They're just going on to something else. You know, and honestly, the stock market looks real real juicy right now. So people are probably looking into stocks, but everything's kind of dropping. You know, the, the, the favored mem stocks that we were talking about this whole time, that AMC. So hopefully you got out of that, that short squeeze definitely happened. And that's just goes to show you really, it's really tough market to short. The time to short would have been back in mid-May and damn it. I kicked myself because, you know, um, I, I was like a fucking Christmas Turkey around then, plump and juicy. I'd like to remind everybody, I did shorten it then, by the way. I would like to remind that the Silicon one sold most of his Dogecoin well before it's substandard. So how about that one, Crypto Keeper? Yeah, I think it's clocking in at about 18 cents right now, maybe a little higher. Um, party is over with that. And, and, and like we were saying the whole time, unless there's some serious, substantial development there that is a dead chain it's a dead coin and honestly i don't even think elon musk could help it at this point and uh you know what was being talked about in in some of the forums this week is that he's going to have less and less pool his tweets are gonna have less and less pool in the market because people are going to start calling his bluff and just like you know a lot of the newbies that were involved they, they don't really know how this works so then they see the fluctuations and he's like oh my gosh i just lost all my money i'm out it's like but the, the diamond hands will always uh, come back so at least with me the VIG did not short this past market. It actually was caught completely off guard. Um, so actually the crypto keeper was it only because I if you would go back to some of our earlier podcasts, uh, I was definitely saying a 70,000 June Bitcoin, a big DeFi party this summer with those coins with the decentralized finance. None of that is happening. Everything's in the gutter and going lower. And I still think we see a bit of a dip now. So this is the, you know, going into the week of um, July 19, 2021, I still think we had dips more um, before then starting a gradual up, uptick and a gradual um, gain 
and momentum over into the fall. And I'm thinking by the end of the year that we should be in a pretty good position again. However, it looks like this cycle will be a lot longer than we once thought. And it's not just going to be like a big party this summer. And then at the end of the year, just like everything at like the end of the year comes and it's New Year's Eve and everything is just like, okay, everybody gets out and everybody wins. I think this is going to go well into next year. And uh, we're going to just see these, these, these highs and lows. And I think what, what a lot of people are waiting for is Janet Yellen. And the, the chairman of the SEC, which is Gary Gensler, and he's actually a very knowledgeable person in cryptocurrencies. He taught classes at, at uh, MIT. And so uh, waiting then for them to, to kind of drop the hammer a little bit and lay some, some groundwork on how this is going to work, at least in the United States. And then I think you're going to see these institutions like uh, Bank of America, uh, Fidelity, and like these, you know, these, these, these age-old... Uh, American institutions getting into this space big time. And you're gonna be you're gonna be happy that you got in, at least at this point in the game. Well, that's the whole thing. And we and I did watch a couple of finance, particularly about crypto finance this past week. And Anthony Scaramucci, former cabinet member of Donald J. Trump, and not on good terms with Donald J. Trump, as many of his ex-cabinet members. He was actually his, and I do, and I do apologize. His financial firm, and I forget the name of, it, and I do apologize. But his financial firm is taking major, major spots in cryptocurrency, particularly still Bitcoin. And I know Ethereum has been kind of the hot kid on the market in terms of the, what could be happening in the future. But Scaramucci is still very much the mooch. Is still very mooch. much. The mooch is still very much in to Bitcoin as well. Where is Bitcoin right now? As you said, you talked about 70,000. Because obviously, Bitcoin really does uh, gauge the market fairly well. It's not as much as it used to be, by the way. Right. Ethereum has gone up and down much more than Bitcoin in terms of percentage. But where's Bitcoin right now? Where's Bitcoin going? And how does this tie into Friggin' Spike Lee talking about digital currency, having some nice, beautiful people of color and some women on there. Well, I know you're going to start seeing the, at least definitely the celebs coming out, but and politicians, but then more, more specifically, even companies will start coming out once things start turning in favor that they had bought this dip. And I think you're going to say, see that Mark Zuckerberg and his company Facebook are going to be like this MicroStrategy guy, Michael Saylor, uh, CEO of MicroStrategy, just bought chunks and chunks of Bitcoin during this dip. And I, you know, if I want to call it again, I still say, so we're at about 31,000 right now. I still, I still think we're going to go, we're going to consolidate even more. And then we should start to see upward swings. Uh, it's getting the weak hands out right now. It's just fear and uncertainty. Uh, people didn't think that this was going to happen. They thought that they could just live off unemployment and Bitcoin for the re remainder of the year. And it, it, this actually had to change for the health of the market. I think this is good. I, I know this is tough to swallow. Trust me, it's been tough to swallow. Okay. But I think that these, this huge dip is, is giving a chance to, for more people to get involved and for the overall health. I mean, Look, it was kind of coming off the rails there. It was not sustainable. It was way too high, way too early. And, uh, you know, I, I think getting the miners out of China, which really, really started this after the Elon Musk twist, is that China banned the mining there. So now everybody's taking their rigs and going elsewhere. It's going to come to the United States. And uh, I honestly don't think that Jan Yellen really knows how to call this right now. So she's just kind of putting it on the back burner. But they've, 
they might actually be preparing a whole thing internally. Gary Gensler, like I said, MIT professor, and taught courses in uh, digital currencies, cryptocurrencies, and 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 decentralized finance. He knows how this works, so he's going to be coming up with a plan. I think once that comes out, as long as it's agreeable, which I really think it would be, the United States has never been one to like crush innovation. That's how we got to. You know, we're the ones that had these companies come out, but we're the reason for big tech. So this is going to be that next resurgence of big tech. It's going to be Cardano. It's going to be Ethereum. So these will be decentralized, though. They won't be like headed by Mark Zuckerberg and, you know, this is their profit thing. It'll be up by the people. And so I just think they'll just have to learn how to call it. There's going to be some regulations. There's probably be some taxes involved. There'll probably be a specific tax on cryptocurrency. And, uh, and just how the way decentralized finances work, the liquidity pools, and how to how to trade derivatives—it's um, just a whole new Wall Street that's going to happen on the blockchain. I really don't think they're going to crush this, but they'll have to regulate it like like the markets are now, at least, um, and probably leave some part of it, you know, permissionless, which is what it's been founded on. And then you're going to see the party start up again because then everybody's like, okay, this is how it works. Let's get in and let's do it. We're going to see that boom that we saw in the early 2000s with Amazon. Microsoft uh, and the rollout in technology, we're all, we're all going to be getting involved. So uh, I'm definitely an Ethereum bull. I'm a Cardano bull. And I really believe that I'm a Bitcoin bull in that that will be the, the store of value, the digital gold per se. And then everybody will just hold it. And uh, we'll, we'll see where that goes, if, whether that'll be a payment uh, mechanism or not. We'll have to just see. How do you mine coins? So with Bitcoin and specifically other coins, uh, you have a, what is called a GPU. So your regular computer is a CPU. You might even see that listed you know, when you're looking at Windows, right? So it's just an upgraded computing mechanism that, that just turns a lot faster uh, as far as uh, the way it would, its computational speed. So it's a GPU or what they refer to as an ASIG rig. What, the, what, what they have done is they have actually even upgraded that from ASIG now to another one. Um, and so these are made by NVIDIA and the chip makers and semiconductors are very high capacity, high output computing systems. And it just does the math problem that mines Bitcoin, which we had talked about earlier. It fixes that problem that's sent out on the blockchain when somebody makes an initial um transaction to either purchase or, or move Bitcoin across the, the uh, what, what will become the lightning network with Bitcoin and uh, just plugs into a wall uh, where you would see these, what we have to, like there were these huge barns basically in China and you would see how there were just racks of them and they do it with Ethereum too. But what's going to happen is that with this Ethereum 2.0 is that they, you won't be mining it per se anymore, you'll be staking it. And there will be the stakers that will be producing the blocks that, that create Ethereum. So then it will be people that are involved. So if you say to the Valley, Steve Valley has 30 Ethereum, okay? He just staked that in, in, in Ethereum 2.0. Okay, you're gonna lock it up into a contract for two years and then it will be used, it'll be staked on the network, which is another way of just saying you're using it to like basically run the blockchain, run Ethereum. And then you'll earn Ethereum back based on using those tines. So if you lock it up for two years, let's say in two years, you make about 10 Ethereum back because you staked it and helped it produce the actual network. You got that reward. Once this gets out to the mainstream, it's going to be huge. And the same thing is happening with Cardano and some of these main other things is that 
That's what this whole decentralized finance thing is, is that you're learning how to create forms of revenue that aren't, that, that are just not even like, they've, they've never even been, it's never gone on before this time period. So you've never just been able to mint a coin on the internet because you staked it into a network. So the process of the network working even better has actually earned you more of that coin back. That's going to change the world. So to be clear here, these coins are not necessarily mined. They're more created. Yes. Well, what will be high? So right now, Right now, Ethereum is mined. Bitcoin is mined. Bitcoin will always be mined by GPU or higher rigs, even when it gets to be even uh, two, two, threefold from now. You know, because of the this whole Metcalf's law, which says that the the strength of a network is based on how many people are a part of that network. That's it, it's it's a law by by you know a computer scientist that came up with this, Eric Metcalf, and uh, right maybe the. I think that was a football player, but Metcalf's law, right? Eric. So. <laughs> the great Eric Metcalf, former Jet and Eagle, I believe. Yeah, I think Cleveland Brown's in there also. Yes. So, uh, anyway, um, yeah, you're just going to see this get bigger and bigger and bigger. And once the word gets out, right now the lid is just trying to be kept on. And that's why I say this is like, it's fortunate that this has happened for a lot of people, including us. It's like, you have to see the silver lining of it. You know, a lot of us didn't even think we'd see these type of an 1800 hour Ethereum ever again. So once, let's say once this upgrade comes to Ethereum, which is due at the beginning of next month, the EIP 1559 upgrade, the gas fees will come down to make transactions a lot more affordable. And then things will really start popping on Ethereum and it will actually make the Ether coin or ETH more of a deflationary asset. And then over time, that price is going to go straight up in the air, which is why we're going to see probably a $13,000 Ethereum. Uh, I'd say probably within the next six to 12 months. Your mouth to God's ears, my friend. Holy cow, that is exciting. And it really is. And we had other news this week. Jack Dorsey, of course, Twitter god, he has thrown a little bit extra stuff. What is his role? And you know better than I. Jack Dorsey, very much into cryptocurrency, particularly Ethereum. What is Jack Dorsey's? Now, again, he's kind of like an Elon Musk in that he is an innovator and he's trying to get things done. He created Twitter, folks. Guy knows what he's doing. What's Jack Dorsey's going to, what is his role going to be moving forward with cryptocurrency? So at the end of the month, he has a, a suppose like a symposium or some sort of convention scheduled on Bitcoin where a lot of people who are very uh, knowledgeable of how it works and uh, are innovators in the space are going to meet and talk about it. And I believe it's going to be broadcast over the internet. It's for everybody to watch. So people are saying that this is going to be a pivotal time right now. And it's actually going to be like next week or the next two weeks. And when this happens, people are going to, you know, it's because that's the thing. It's getting people to know what we're, what we're talking about on the 40 something podcast right now is not out there right now to most of the people and once this starts rolling out and people start realizing what you can do and the power this has it's going to be great and i've always said that um so yeah so jack, jack dorsey has this uh, symposium scheduled towards the end of the month he's a bitcoin bull owns a lot of it and actually i think he's looking to make twitter decentralized and this will actually cut down on a lot of these type of fake news posts and the stuff where things are like not what they seem, and it's just started to, you know, like and just automatic. Because what it is is that a, that a, 
that a tweet will be fact-checked right off because it'll be it'll be used on a blockchain. So it'll be able to make it, it'll actually use that transaction to like to the to just to check if this is actually valid information or not. Uh, and therefore then it will allow it. And I, I really think that there would be a better times. Uh, I think I think Jack Jack Dorsey understands that what he has actually created has kind of gotten a little corroded a little bit with with the disinformation. And I think in order for his him to be successful with that long term, uh, it's it's to actually make it more decentralized and to make it more of an accurate type of communication me uh, mechanism. Yeah, he's a handsome guy, that Jack Dorsey. Holy cow. You know, I've seen some of the he's, he's actually dating. Now talk about a talk about a guy in a 40, his 40s dating a girl in his 20s. This was Jack Dorsey. He dated a model, not sure what her name was. She was 23 at the time, smoking hot, swimsuit model, and uh, kind of just, uh, I know, I feel like that uh, some of these past episodes, I haven't been exactly uh, politically correct for the climate these days, but uh, I don't know, I, I, I kind of... <laughs> kind of, I'm kind of sad at the day that you can't just you feel weird about saying that uh, and you refer to as a female as being smoking hot, and that's up uh, and that's and that's and that's the woke generation for us, I guess. I don't think that's a problem. Is that a problem for calling a girl? I don't know. I I, I, have, to, I have to admit I've been out and about. Well, you know, that's the thing. We could transition into this of so into our cultural segment, you know, and get into like you know how like, it's a potpourri, you know, maybe. We because don't get together as much as we used to, you know? Yeah, sure. Well, it's supposed to be Hot Girl Summer. I mean, have you heard of this whole concept? It's a Twitter handle. It's a hashtag. And uh, it's, it's it's really, it comes from a song that was that was created by Megan Thee Stallion. Thee Stallion Megan Thee Stallion, right? Who? So you've never heard of Megan Thee Stallion? I heard of Biggie. Okay, so Megan Thee Stallion, she's like, Thee Stallion, because it's T-H-E-E -E, Stallion. The Stallion. Megan Thee Stallion. Oh, it's Thee yeah, Stallion. R &B, R &B. Is it a dude? Yeah. Then it's a dude then, right? No, it's a girl. She's a hip-hop She's a hip hop artist, an R&B. Um, Aren't Stallions probably wouldn't notice male horses? It's, 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 it's just good we're talking about these things on the 40-somethings podcast because we are 40-somethings, and like I'm sure there are some Generation Z people that could be tuning in and are listening to us, and they're just like, oh, my gosh, these guys are talking about Megan Thee Stallion. Yeah, Megan Thee Stallion. Thee Stallion. Thee Stallion. The Stallion. She coined this phrase, Hot Girl Summer, and it's – Supposed to be like people, you know, the girls are feeling confident about how, you know, they've been kept down for this whole past year and lockdown and they're coming out. They got that tummy all nice and legs are looking good. They're tan and everything's like, let's do it. Well, hold on. Here we go. Now, there is a difference from saying a girl is smoking hot and saying, oh, I want to fuck the shit out of that pussy right there. Or I want to fuck that girl. Or I want to, I mean, I think complimenting a woman in a certain way, and even if you say smoking hot or fucking hot, oh my God, she's beautiful. I don't think that that's insulting, and I don't think most feminists would think that that's insulting. I think what they get insulted by is if you say, oh, I would love to do something to her. When you start objectifying them and putting yourself like that, I think that's the problem. If I'm not mistaken, and I would love to have, maybe we'll have one of our feminist friends on, preferably a woman. I think they'd probably rather get represented by women, but... <laughs> Having one of them on, they can clarify. Just like we did with Jesse. Hey, should I say African-American or black? What the fuck? You know, I want to make sure I'm being okay. Because I'll say whatever. I don't care anymore. I'll play ball. 
But I, I think smoking hot is, is okay. I really do. It's when women who are 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 dressing like that and and trying to get attention because of their beauty, then the idea that it's okay to sexualize them is not okay, even if they do dress or act like that. And I think that that's a fair point. Now, saying that they're beautiful and they're sexy and all that, I mean, I could find them. I just said, I don't, I don't know if I would have sex with Jack Dorsey, but I didn't realize he was such a, you know, well-kept, attractive, younger man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think Jack Dorsey's going to be, oh, shit. That guy sub subjected me. Now, it's obviously, it's different, but at the end of the day, I don't think saying a girl smoking hot would be offensive, Big. I think you're okay, buddy. Just uh, trying to collaborate, uh, calibrate this whole thing and uh, see where we're at and taking the temperature right now. And, you know, I've been out and about, seen some things go down these, these last couple of weeks. And really, I feel like the media has created a lot of our problems in that, you know, the, yes, Black Lives Matter, and that is very important. And uh, we need to be pushing for that. But it doesn't, you know, it's not a, you know, shouldn't shouldn't be taking it. You know, I honestly think that some of the, some of the interactions that I've had is that they're like, okay, yeah, but we we still all gotta be, we still all have to get along together. And you know what? I actually just like you as a person. So let's just let's just fuck all that. You know, let's just let's just be let's just be a community. Yeah, let's, let's not look for reasons to be pissed off at each other. Is the biggest thing. Let's not look for reasons to be angry. Let's look for reasons to coexist. It's like no one wants to give it. That's why I'm not convinced we're not going into a civil war here. Because it seems like we there is an, a, a real anger and even a hatred for your fellow American. When you go out there, especially boomers, they are easily the most disliked group of people on the planet. Right now. And they still run yeah. a lot of the shit. But sure, times, they do. But their time's coming. Time's coming a lot quicker than ours is. Not me personally, obviously, because I'm fat. I should start working out. But there's some interesting things that are being brought up, uh, you know, even through some of the media channels, like PBS has done a report on how the baby boomers actually were a lot really selfish because they created everything to benefit them. And, uh, you know, they, they got the Republican presidents in like Bush and Reagan that got the tax breaks that made them richer. And they're the ones that are retiring and they're like on their, their second and third houses. And they started, a, you know, this business and they have a huge stock portfolio where a lot of the millenniums don't have a pot to piss in or at least not a, that time to to be able to buy a house, especially in this market where people are younger, people are getting priced out of this market the more and more it goes on. So unless you didn't unless you actually started out with a house. You wouldn't be able to get another one right now. And honestly, seeing the people that I've done that have made the transition this past couple of months, they had a house to begin with, and they're using that to actually get the other house. Absolutely. So, um, but if you're if you didn't start in the game already, you're it's 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 tough to do that right now. And you know, that goes back to the boomers and uh, the way they the way they the way the money has actually. Uh, just circulated over the years. Now we do have a lot of money that's been printed and put back into the economy, as a lot of people would say. And you're starting to see that go slowly in it, but it's very un, un it's just really unequal. So you have the the child payments that are coming out. But if you're if you're not a child, you're not benefiting off that. So you're working your ass off right now, and that's fine. That's how that is. There's, a, there's other things that 
maybe I might have benefited that other people are. I don't really think of too many other things, but uh, you know, these extended unemployment benefits is the reason why there's a major labor shortage right now. Now, normally, a person like myself living in Denver would not make $3,500 a month delivering auto parts. But since there's a labor shortage and there's actually a shortage on parts because of the supply chain problems and the, and the labor shortage, it's actually the, you are the it person, man. And honestly, when I deliver these parts to some of these guys at the garages, they are so happy that it's coming through and this guy's doing it for me. And, and tell you the truth, it's weird because, you know, last time I was making some of this kind of money, I was actually having like a, some sort of a corporate job where it was like very important that I secured, you know, the, the network and the cable channels all worked very properly, you know, and now I'm just handing this guy a part because they can't find enough people to do it anyway. Well, there is definitely work to be made, but to get to your back to the, the original point here is that there needs to be a softerness. There needs to be a softer attitude with everybody out there. We really do got to start treating everybody really well out there. It's just, I've definitely come into that and I did some self-exploration of who Silicon Steve Valley is, Vig. Who is the Silicon Steve Valley brand? Who's the big brand? Mr. Diamond Ham's the crypto keeper. We start getting into that. And what are the things that we stand for? What are the things that we want to stand for, Vig? Love, hard work, gratitude, kindness. That's a good start. What do you think, Big? I think all of those are important. That was mentioned. And yeah, that uh, seems to be what's really eating at me a little bit on the other side of this and being out about is just the lack of empathy and uh, the, the very me-centered uh, philosophy on things by people, and especially our people our age, which is why I, I don't, I kind of just, I don't really find that she, that she's uh, anything really very good right now for me because I don't really like being around crowds. But the love I had for crowds is definitely not the same as I had. I'll put it this way. Silicon Steve Valley loves the crowds. But TJ Duddy, maybe not so much anymore. Yeah, so it's kind of messing with me on what shows I want to go to or where I want to go or where I want to exist and who I want to exist. And, you know, kind of just a homebody. Definitely a lot more these days. And I'm tired. I work a lot. And you know what? Building for the future and building a lot of the things that we're going to be continuing to do. 40-something podcast continues to roll on. Show 74, Vig, or is it 75? 74, I believe. Nice. Seems like a 74 to me. Yeah, it's a 74. This is pretty incredible. We only started the beginning of the year and already 74 episodes, and it is looking great. Summer camp is just five weeks away. The Vig still up in the air. What are, the last we spoke with Vig, the... The previously spoken of downturn of the crypto market, he was pretty much out. I would say he was maybe at 3070 going at that point. I don't think it was ever zero. So, Vig, where are we at now in terms of percentage of you accompanying myself and Kelly Williams for 40 something podcasts in Chillicothe, Illinois, for Summer Camp Music Festival featuring Humphreys McGee, Moe, and such? We are at 50-50 shot right now. 50-50. All right. 
a little bit better than earlier in the week when the sky was falling down. I think a good week of work into his belt probably helped a bit with that. Feeling better, going to barbecues, having a cocktail on the show today. We always like to see Big enjoying some of some of Mother's Nature's finest and some beer. So that's good. What plans? Are we not doing any strange shows this weekend, Vic? Yeah, you know, I have a Sunday, so it might actually just go over there and check it out. Uh, it always stays never miss a Sunday show, but uh, yeah, it's been a little up in the air this summer with that. When I, I think that philosophy, so I don't know, but uh, yeah, I, I, I got some got some people that I do know going Sunday night, so I was going to maybe go and check it out, and uh, yeah, we'll see. Are we going to get any interviews or any kind of highlights from uh, from video highlights from from the Vig to throw up on our uh, social media and YouTube channel? I'm not sure. What do you mean? Some interviews and something like that? Are we get interviews yeah. people at the cheese show. Man on the street yeah. type thing. What what was your favorite? You know, what have you missed most about string cheese? Live music, whatever. That's if you want. No big deal. If we don't, I can we can certainly collaborate and maybe get some questions. Man on the street deal. Um, the question is, am I even going to edit them? Because I've done that twice and i never edited them so it's i'm still working on a really good one for jibber jazz it seemed a little weird after the tragedy that was reported uh we didn't want to come out with it right away and then just life got caught up doing things but we were definitely working on a very special project for jibber jazz production we want to thank john and everybody and john shannon and aaron and everybody over there and what they did for us we want to thank peach festival and we certainly want to thank summer camp festival for uh you know, letting us come in and enjoy ourselves there. We're excited for that. We're excited for the future. I'm personally excited for Ethereum and what that future holds for us. Big, what are you excited about? How are you feeling? Take us the hell out of here for this episode of 40-something Pod- podcast. This episode of this episode of 40-something podcast. Yeah, I just uh, definitely pull on Ethereum and, and a lot of these uh, coins that are coming up. Uh, I would say Ethereum and Cardano are my top two right now, but I am actually uh, opening small positions in Bitcoin each week now going forward. So I'm back in that game. And, uh, you know, like I always say, this isn't financial advice, but I'm excited about what the future brings. I think if we can get over a few hurdles in the next three to six months, I think we're really going to see some improvements in the market and actually the way the technology works. And uh, as far as uh, as far as the cultural aspect, I'm hoping to, to kind of get back into the swing of things for the latter part of the summer. I hope to see people out at summer camp, uh, have have some fish lined up, I believe. And uh, you know, I was just thinking uh, of some of these things I like to try to end end the show with is that uh, you know, with this one, when you're out there and you're 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 in there and you're communicating, don't be afraid just to be yourself. I mean. Honestly, when you're just yourself in those type of environments, people really get to see who you are and and you're actually a lot more likable.